Welcome to Brave Knitting. Welcome. This is episode number 18 to be released on June 15th, 2020. How is that oh my gosh. <laughs> so, this is Linda. I'm here with Anne. And Anne. <laughs> yes. What are we being brave about today? We are being brave about the magic of blocking. Ooh. <laughs> and I bet we have a lot of listeners who either don't like blocking. Right. Don't bother blocking. Right. Or maybe just have never blocked. That's possible. Yes. So really, you know, why do we have to block? Well, from my experience, it a little bit depends really on the, the fiber that you're using. Okay. But for non-superwash wool in particular... And natural fibers. Right. But non-superwash wool is the one where blocking really is magical. Okay. Because it, it can even out your stitches. You can hide gaps. Uh, if you're doing stranded color work mm-hmm. and while you're working on the piece, you get that puckering or curling, the blocking will magically make all that go away. Magically make it go away. Yes. And, you know, when I uh, made that sweater, it was very large. And, <laughs> you know, it seemed like I could somewhat block it to be, I mean, you can kind of, you know, kind of mush it together, you know, a little bit and make it just a little bit more more compact. Did you find that? Or is that true? Or is that not true? I think once again, I think a lot of it has to do with the the fiber. Okay. So definitely if something is too small, mm-hmm. you can definitely Stretch make it, it bigger. Yes. Going the other direction is a little trickier, right. particularly with the not with the superwash. The superwash, you know, it just doesn't really block much. And the, right. that that knit along that we did together the, the yarn that I use was a Malabrigo Rios, which mm-hmm. is a superwash. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yes. So yours was superwash. So mine, mine was Yeah. And so it really did block then. I it, mean, blocking it, made a difference? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, that was the first <laughs> time I had ever blocked anything in my life. So I don't know how perfectly... I did it. I tried to, um, yeah, I mean, it, it did, it did straighten things out, you know, some okay. little mistakes that I made, right. I could straighten that out and, you know, make it less visible. I, I did find that it did straighten my edges a little bit, you know, where, um, my edges were a little bit uneven. I could make them look, you know, straighter and better. So, right. yes. And that's really important. That's the other thing that blocking is really essential for items that are going to be seamed. Okay. Because yes. you you want to get them to the right dimensions before you try to seam them. And I am wondering, should I have blocked the different sections of that sweater before I seamed it together? I didn't yes. block until after it was <laughs> oh. all together. No, no, no. No, you yeah. always want to seam. You always want to block before you seam. Okay. And it'll make seaming so much easier because you will have flattened down your edges, right? Right. right. And and then the, the two things that you're seaming together will be the same size. 
which is always handy when, when you're seeming. <laughs> Very true. Very true. The things that you learn. And uh, I, I really found that the blocking made a huge difference for the um, shawl that I made because you want, the, you want <gasps> yes, those edges yes. to be straight as straight can be to look its best. Right. Yeah. yeah. For lace in particular. Now, the shawl you did was not lace, it correct? It was not lace, no. Okay. And I've only done one lace shawl that I can think of. I did another lace kind of cowl thing recently for a Christmas gift. But for lace shawls that a lot of people do, again, blocking is magic. And even things that are super wash with lace, blocking will really really help. Because, yeah, because when you're knitting it, you know, it looks kind of fine. But, yeah, it is magical when you get it wet and you spread it out and you really see that design kind of come to life and you get to, you know, kind of pull out all those yarn overs that are creating holes and that beautiful lace pattern in your garment. Um, Exciting. Truly magical. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And I think uh, it's important to, or what I've read, is to uh, block your swatch before you ever start working. Oh, Yes. Yes. For sure. Because if, especially <laughs> for, for a doing, lot of reasons, for doing like color work, it would be nice to know if your colors are going to bleed together. I suppose if you're doing color work or if it's going to bleed, you know, regardless. Um, yeah. And how it's going to react, how your, you know, how your fabric's going to react. Yeah. To blocking washing. the swatch is, is really key. And in my misbehave, I'll give a really good example of why one should do that. <laughs> and I, my misbehave also is related to a swatch. So we will just leave it right there. Okay. Very, very good. All right. Okay. So that's why we block. So what do we need to block? Oh, what, what do we need to block? Right. Well, the very first time I blocked, I didn't have blocking mats. I now have blocking mats, which are wonderful. But the first time I used a cork board covered with a towel. And then because it had sleeves already... <laughs> I put it on top of my ironing board that also had padding so that my sleeves oh. could be out, you know, to right, the side. Right. And yet, yeah, I had to get very, very creative to do that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, blocking mats really, are, they're, they're kind of nice and I, I really like mine. But they're really, of all the blocking materials, probably the least necessary. Yeah. Because a towel on top of carpeting or a towel basically on top of anything mm-hmm. will work in a pinch. The one thing I found that was nice about the blocking mat was that there are lines. There's a grid, and especially with the shawl, because I could really make sure that it was straight. Right. Yeah. So that. And I've heard, I've heard of a lot of people who they will make a blocking mat themselves out of like plywood and and quilt batting or Mm -hmm. whatever, and then they'll cover it in gingham. So you get oh. those lines. So kind okay. of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. Not or, you know me. anything that's straight. But you know, number one, you need you need a tub, a sink, some sort sure. of basin, and you need water. Although we'll get into that later about right. how what form the water is going to take. Right, right. Um, but but yeah, some sort of padded surface. Uh, a, as you mentioned, an ironing board. A lot of people just use an ironing board mm-hmm. and put a towel over it, or maybe not even. Yeah, and it then just depends on the shape of your item. You know what yes. you need. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. And I have heard from Andrea Mowry 
and she swears by this method. I have not tried it yet, but she puts down plastic garbage bags. Really? And and then puts her blocked item on top of those because they su- supposedly they dry faster. Oh, I can see that. Because the, the 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 water, you know, I guess just evaporates rather than soaks in and yep. yeah. Yep, I can see that. The very first time that, that sweater that I blocked, unfortunately, it was raining. It hardly ever rains in Dallas, Texas, but that particular <laughs> week, it was constant and high humidity, and it just seemed that that thing would never dry. And part of it was, it was sitting on wet towels, and so I would have to change right. those wet towels periodically and kind of start over again because I just wanted it to be dry. <laughs> I couldn't wait. <laughs> so, yeah, I can see that that would be a very, very good idea. How about the pins? What do you use for pinning? To me, the easiest thing, and I've used all kinds of things over over time, Mm -hmm. I really like just stainless steel T-pins. Yes. Like I get, I get those from my dry cleaners. Sometimes I have a whole stack, you know, a whole set of them from, from my dry cleaners. Yes. And, and the, the stainless steel is a very important part of that. Yes. (laughs) Because you don't want pins that rust. Although I really think that nowadays they're most pins are stainless steel, no matter like where you get them or what they're used for. You would think so. I think that, that kind of rust thing is kind of an old fashioned problem that used to happen more. Right. Uh, you can also use an iron or a steamer Okay, is another piece of equipment. We'll talk about that when we talk about steaming. Now, I inherited <laughs> from my mother. My mother passed away last year, and I never had a steamer for my clothes, but she happened to have one. And, you know, it's just a, it's called My Little Steamer, and I looked it up the other day, and you can get it at a lot of different places, you know, for as cheap as like 11 or 12 bucks, but definitely under $20 from, you know, Target or Amazon or Bed Bath & Beyond, whatever. And it, it's a really handy little thing to have. Oh, and I, 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 like I said, I, I didn't have one and I, I just happened to uh, thought steaming might work recently for a project I was working on. And, and now it's, it's, I, I really love it. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. Um, I used to have so, a, a really like a, like a um, you know one of those stand up steamers like they have yes, in, a, in yes. a department store. I had that yes. for years, and I you can do anything on that. I I don't know what happened to it. I think in a move something you know something <laughs> happened to it. But I would love to have another one. They are not cheap, but man, those they're not those cheap, are right. worth it. Yeah, I'd like to have so another one. So that would one. be great. So yes. yeah, either a steamer or an iron, and also. Horse- can I add in? We we forgot about the uh, the blocking pins when we were talking about pins. The blocks. You can, oh, that's yeah. right. You that's can right. get a different sizes of blocks, and that really is great for a shawl or anything that you want to keep straight, because you know it's it's a block of pins in a straight line. I really loved those for the shawl. And it's funny, I I bought some of those about three or four years ago when I was pinning or when I was blocking my. If you remember that big giant coat of many colors swirl sweater thing that I did yeah and I have found I don't really like them really okay that they don't really work for me as well as individual t-pens okay that for some reason and I can't really explain 
why they're not working for me. Right. I just find, you know, because it seems like it'd be more tedious to to put these individual pins down. Right. But but for me, for some reason, I can get, you know, more definition. Okay. With the individual little pins. I don't well, know. I, I can see that. Maybe well, I need to try them again. Right. I tried them re- recently. I think the one thing that I found was that my T-pins, I mean, maybe there are shorter T-pins that aren't as tall. But my T-pins would go straight through my blocking mat, whereas yeah, the blocks, would. you know, the blocks are only right. a lot shorter. So it's it's easier to work with because you have to push that T-pin down so that the T, the top of the T is down against the fabric. No. Right? You don't? No, you don't. No, 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 no. Really? <laughs> really, okay. yeah. Okay. You do not want the T against. Okay. Actually, you kind of the opposite. Really? Because that T has a little... Um, bend in the wire, right, okay. to form the T. Right. And if you get it down there, it can actually catch, particularly if you're doing like fingering or lace, it can actually catch. So the top part of the T, that little loop can catch. Uh. And then that's a real mess. So no, no, when I when I use the T-pins, they're sticking up oh, an okay. inch or more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, that's don't, interesting. Don't push them down. Well, this is great. I'm learning all sorts of things. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I interrupted, but you were talking about, we were talking about the steamer. We were talking about the iron and right. uh, a spray bottle, spray bottle is another thing if you're doing the spray method. And, and then we, did we talk about the wires? Not yet. Okay. No, so, I've never used the wires. I have never used the wires either. Okay. Mainly because I don't, as we know, I don't do shawls. Right. But I, I did do a shawl at Christmas time for a relative of mine that yes. was lace. And I got to tell you that the wires would have been nice. And I'm actually getting ready to do another project, a shawl. It's going to be a gift for somebody else. And I'm thinking on that I may invest in some wires to have because I think that would be good. And the other okay. thing oh, that we didn't mention is a, a measuring tape or, you know, u- ruler or yardstick. Right, and that's what the blocking mats already have on them, kind of, a little bit. Kind of. Kind of. Kind yep, of, yeah. Yep, yep. But, that, but you're if right. they're not exactly lined up or if they're not exactly, right. you know, measured properly or you're having to go for a half an inch or a quarter True. inch, whatever. So it is good to have um, your yardstick or ruler or uh, measuring tape. Right, also. exactly. So... I think that those are all the materials that are needed. So there are kind of three methods, right? Right. Total wet immersion, steam, and spray. So let's start with wet immersion. A lot of people feel that that's the the best way to go. Um, That is the only way that I have blocked, not that I've blocked all that often, but fully immersing the item into water right and i'd say it's probably the the thing that i have used the most Mm -hmm. but recently i have become a big fan of the other two methods and i will will, i'll talk about why when in in a little bit when we actually talk about those okay but but for the for wet immersion you generally once again want to do that with animal fibers once again, non-superwashed right. animal fibers. Right. Mainly because wet immersion isn't really going to do a whole lot for your superwash, mm-hmm. and it's not going to do a whole lot for your acrylic. Okay, right. So, And for that, uh, lukewarm water, most people say lukewarm water. Would you say that that's for every single, I mean, that's for the animal fibers for sure. Uh, yeah, 
that that's my general rule. I know a lot of people have this fear about you know felting, so if right. they get the water too too hot, I I've never had any issue with felting. Okay. Um, when I've done any blocking, even with very warm water, and I know that I've seen Clara Parks on her site when she is testing samples and and swatches. It seems like a lot of times she puts them in very warm water. Okay. But as a rule, you know, yeah, I'd say I I just use lukewarm water. If you're if you're concerned about color fastness or other thing, then mm-hmm. you know you can use cold, I guess. I think the main thing is you want to get the stuff wet. You really get it wet. <laughs> and some people feel that it needs to be in the water for a very long time to fully absorb. I don't think that you really feel that way, that you have to really, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, poke and prod and, and, and make sure that, you know, it's getting into every little nook and cranny of right. the piece that it's going to absorb regardless. It doesn't well, need to be in there for hours. Now, what I have heard is... 15 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. However, a couple, oh gosh, I forget where I was, what I was doing, but a couple months ago I was blocking something and I had put it in the little bath. It was must have been a small item because I used just the little bathroom sink in my powder room and had it in there. And then, I don't know, we went out. I don't know if my husband and I went to a movie mm-hmm. or we went to dinner or something, but we were out for hours and hours and hours. And I thought, oh, Oh no. Right. You know, it's but you know, it's just wet. It's not like it can get more wet, right? Right. So right. It, it it was not a problem. <laughs> right, right. If it's an animal fiber, animals are made to get wet. So that's right. It should be fine. All day. <laughs> yes. And do you, uh, do you like to use a wool wash? I know that I have been gifted some Eucalan, which is a yes. nice brand, and they come uh, in many different scents. Un- well, they have unscented lavender, eucalyptus, grapefruit, and something called Rapture, W R A P T U R E, which is a jasmine scent. Um, I really like, uh, I think they all smell great. I think I have grapefruit and jasmine. Like you, I was initially gifted by the same person. Yes. The lovely eucalyptus Mm -hmm. uh, flavor. (laughs) Don't eat it, Linda. (laughs) Since then, I have purchased a big bottle of the grapefruit, and I like that. I, I do like this wool wash, and I do use a tiny bit, but I'm kind of of the belief that you're not really washing Right. The item. Now, in some cases, and I have not experienced this, but I guess some people that will encounter some wool that really has a lot of stuff in it. Oh, true. Yes. I have yeah. not encountered that. So in that case, you may you may wish to wash. I have always heard that, you know, using other sorts of detergents and, and like, like, woolite is not your friend. Really? I don't know if that's a myth or if that's really true. Okay. But... So, and the great thing about the wool wash is you don't have to rinse it out. That okay. So, I just I'm compulsive about that. I I I rinsed it anyway. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I don't rinse. I don't rinse it at all anymore. Okay. Okay. And you know everything's 
fine. Right. <laughs> and, and I'm one of those very strange people. I know that so many people who knit just love the smell of wool, fresh wool and wet wool. To me, it smells like a wet dog. <laughs> and so to me, you know, using the grapefruit. On the, yeah. On the, the yarn. Yeah. Yes. I, I kind of like the, you know, to add a little bit of um, the grapefruit scent or the, the jasmine scent to that. But that's just personal preference. Right. Um, how about so you? But you do want to immerse. So that's okay. like just the right. main thing. So you do want to immerse. And I don't like I don't I don't swish it around or anything. Okay. I just kind of push it down, make sure it's all in there. And I figure if it's there for 15 to 60 minutes. Yeah, it's going to absorb. It's going to absorb. Right. And do you sometimes just use water without without I any have. soap? I have. Yeah, because basically yeah. that's just what you're doing. You basically, just want it wet. Basically, you're just getting it wet. Yeah. Right, absolutely. Okay, so uh, then you pull it out of the tub and, of course, have to be very careful. Um, the, the sweater yeah. that I did is alpaca. That thing, that thing will stretch like oh, no other. Yeah. Yeah. What I do is I, I let this, I leave the, the item in the sink. In my mm-hmm. case, I'm always using a sink. So I drain the sink. And then while the garment is still in the sink, I just sort of press on it and squeeze it, try to get most of the moisture out. Right. And then I, you know, kind of gently lift it out and put it on a towel. And then once it's on the towel, then I kind of spread it out, mm-hmm. put another towel on top, roll it up, and then I step on it. I step on it too. <laughs> yes, that's the best way to get the water out of it for sure. And sometimes I go for, through more than just a couple of towels trying to get it, you know, right. the dryer. Yeah, no, and yeah. I, I found, like I say, I, I try to do a lot of the squeezing in the, and you have to be careful not to wring, right. but it really is okay to squeeze. And okay. I think I've become more comfortable with that, that mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, I can really press and squeeze and eliminate a lot of that water while it's still in the sink right. without ringing. Right, so. because you don't want to ring or agitate or rough up in any way because that could result in felting, right, yeah. for some yeah. for some yards. I mean, once again, I don't, I don't think felting is as much of an issue as stretching. Okay. Yeah. And misshaping the the yarn in a way that you don't want it to be right. misshapen. Right. And then I have read before that you can, uh, you know, be very, be very careful to put it in the dryer just on a spin, like a cool spin for a very, very brief period of time. Not, I have not heard of putting it, not, I wouldn't put a wet thing in the dryer. Okay. But you can put it in the washing machine. Spin oh, cycle. oh, okay, okay, spin. okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, that would work. And then I have um, just recently I've done some these some of these swatches I'm doing for the level two program, but hopefully we'll get it in the mail next week because that's making me crazy. <laughs> that little items like that you can put in a salad spinner. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> and yeah. that that gets a lot of the the, oh, the moisture out. Oh, that's a really great idea. Okay. And then you just block it. So um, with the tools that we have already talked about. You do want to pin, and this is where having a schematic, mm-hmm. of particularly right. for a garment, that, you know, refer back to the schematic and see what the dimensions are supposed to be for the size right. that you want. Right. And that's what you want to pin your garment to, to, to those dimensions. Okay. Sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> and, right. you know, that's where you get, you know, like I say, once again, the magic of blocking. Sometimes you can really have an influence on it. Right. Yes. Um, 
And then, you know, just for, through talking to you, I mean, I, I'd only done the wet immersion, but after talking with you about it, it seems to me really that the steam and spray seem maybe a little bit easier. I, I think so. And that's kind of what I've discovered, particularly when I was working on this last set of swatches for the, the level two program, because a lot of it has to do with seaming. So you would make two swatches essentially that would get, end up getting seamed together in various mm-hmm. different ways. And so I would always wet block them and then I would seam them. But then to block them again, in most cases, I did not do wet immersion again. In most cases, after they were seamed, I would pin them to okay. however I wanted them to look. And then I would use my handy dandy, my little steamer, steamer thank you, yeah. from my mother. <laughs> and and really what I, have, what I discovered is you can really saturate that swatch with the steam, even with this cheap little... So I'm sure a big fancy one like you had would would be really marvelous. But, you know, because you just keep kind of going over it until it's, you know, as wet wet as you think it needs to be. And I like the idea of of, of pinning it first. Is it easier to pin it before it's wet? I would think so. I think it it kind of depends. In some cases, I think it is easier. Yeah. Uh, And I think in the case of, once again, with superwash stuff which once again doesn't really block right. that well i think superwash for sure is probably better to pin while it's wet or while it's dry mm-hmm. to however you think it needs to be and then either steam or spray it okay okay and yeah so in, in some ways in some ways it is easier gotcha and if you can use a steam iron as well, correct. You can use a steam iron. I have not, one of the reasons I didn't steam in the past is when I've tried to use the steam iron, I found, I found it just a little awkward and right. it just, I don't know, it just did not work as well for me. But yeah, you can use one of two ways, right? The first, if your iron is dry, in, right. in all cases you want to have something between the iron and your fiber. Mm-hmm. So... A lot of people recommend a pillowcase or like a man's handkerchief or just any piece of probably cotton cloth, like an old, you could cut up an old right. t-shirt even, right? Right. And so make your cloth wet. Right. And put it on top of your fiber and then use a dry iron. But don't touch the dry iron down. Don't you want to keep it. You told me that. You to keep it a little bit off. Yeah. Higher. Hover, hover hovered right over. Above. But, okay. you know, enough that, that you're really heating up that wet cloth and okay. it's transferring basically steam then to right. the garment. Um, now, on the other hand, if you have a steam iron, you could use a dry cloth. And once again, you hover above. And the steam goes to the pillowcase or whatever, and then that right. emits the, the moisture to your fiber. Yep. And again, do not touch down the iron. It is better not to touch down the iron. Yeah, probably not for a lot yep. of reasons. Although, you know, once again, it's just <laughs> knitting people if you want to put the iron down. <laughs> oh, the, we're not going to call the, the, the police. police. are not going to come yeah. for you. <laughs> exactly. Very true. So of all these, you know, I mean, steam is the, sa- is the same 
kind of idea as spray, but I think that the spray sounds like that could be the easiest and that might be what I will gravitate toward in the future because you can pin it down, right? You in can the, pin it down. The way you want it and then handy dandy spray bottle. Right. And just douse it. Just douse it. Yeah. Yeah. No, easy. I think when we did, once again, when we did the knit along yep. and I was using the Superwash Malabrigo Rios, mm-hmm. when I got done knitting it, to me, it looked fine. I'm thinking, well, why the heck do I need to block this? Right. <laughs> you know, they, they, it was like the right shape and the, the cable, it you know, looked yeah. fine. They didn't need to be straightened out or pooped up or smooshed in or anything. Right. And But... I don't know, just for the fun of it, I did pin it down and, you know, tried to sort of set it the way it was, but I just pinned it dry and then I sprayed it. Okay. Now, whether or not that really did anything because it is super wash, I don't really know, but that's what I did. Right. Okay. Excellent. Let's see. How about um, some other tips on how to do it? The pins need to go through the selvage edge. Um. I don't know if that's necessarily okay. true. Okay. I mean, I guess in most cases, you want to put the the pins, you know, on the edge so that your edges line up straight. Right. But but there, I, I think there are cases. I think some of it's just you have to kind of use your common sense about what your particular thing is that you're knitting and and where. Because I think in some cases. Particularly if you have cables or something, mm-hmm. you know, you probably want to, you may want to put some pins like so that the, the cables are straight and that maybe the, you know, the stitches on either side, you know, usually there are like garter stitches on either side of the cable. Mm-hmm. You want them to be straight. So, you know, you might put pins there. So I think okay. it just sort of depends. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but one thing I, I feel that I did to mine and I shouldn't have done, um, I, I felt that my, my ribbing got a little bit stretched. I think yes. it's, you know, that's a bad thing. I was working with alpaca and that yeah. tends to stretch anyway. So yeah. I really did see that a lot. Um, no, I, I think, I think the ribbing can be tricky and particularly mm-hmm. when you're working with a sweater and you want the ribbing to be a lot tighter than the rest of the sweater. Right, right. I think a lot of people just kind of stretch it all out and so I would say yeah just be very cautious about the ribbing and maybe you know pin it kind of smoosh together yeah right right before you measure out the the other it's more like the stockinette part of your your garment right right um okay let's see anything that we're missing here on the how to block um Hmm. Oh, one other thing. I don't know that we mentioned that if you uh, have a yarn that is starting to bleed, the color's bleeding a little bit into the water if you're doing the wet immersion, um, have you ever used vinegar, white vinegar, like a capful of white vinegar to stop it from bleeding? I have, knock on wood, I have not had that experience. And unfortunately, I mean, I've used the vinegar in other like crafty mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. situations, but never for blocking. And I'm wondering if, if you encounter that in blocking, if by the time you discover it, adding the vinegar may not make a difference. That's probably true. That's, that's why you do a swatch. That's why you do a swatch. Yes. <laughs> swatch people, that's for sure. Okay. Well, and then, about... of course, like for hats, you, you know, you might oh, want right. some other form. Like Now, for me, luckily for me in our house, we have newel posts that are 
just the right, it's kind of a rounded thing that happens to be just the right size to block a hat. So a lot of times I'll pin the hat until it, you know, it's kind of sort of dry and then I'll put it on the newel post. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> that is really funny. I like that. But you can Very make your good. own form out of tissue paper okay. if you have some other like odd shaped thing. Right. Like some toys or right. something else. Yeah. Right. Do you need to block toys, do you think? It, it, once again, it depends. I, most toys are probably going to be made out of a super wash, right? Right. So once right. again, it probably doesn't matter. But if you're if you're making something that happens to be from a non super wash, and you re, and you know maybe you're making some really marvelous right. teddy bear kind of toy that's yeah. made out of real wool, you know that you do want the 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 seams and everything to line up, maybe in that right, case. right, right, yeah. right, yeah. Before you sew it together, yeah, right. I can see that. Awesome. Okay. Uh, fibers. fibers. Doesn't matter. Oh. You know, like che- always, <laughs> always check your fiber label before you swatch. Before really you do anything, I guess. Yeah. Um, the label. The label is is going to, you know, be your main directive. Although once again, man or animal fibers that are not superwash. Wet immersion is usually the recommended method, mm-hmm. but I think right. steam and spray get them just as wet, so that's right. another option for angora and um, llama mohair. Oh yeah, you know I think you definitely want to spray. I would think so, and also just the alpaca llama, all those things that stretch so much. Now that I know about the spray, right. I think that that would have been a much better way to go because I feel like mine really did stretch. Um, right. Same thing with mm-hmm. silk and rayon, that spraying is probably the safest method. Okay. And I've read also for silk to avoid acid and alkali, heat and sunlight. Yes. So I guess you just have to be very, very careful yeah. with so washing don't... your silk. Don't steam <laughs> the sink. Right, right. And also be be sure that your your sink is very clean and that there's nothing left over in it from, right. you know, right. from anything and that, else. And that would be true with everything, I guess. Everything, absolutely. Um, what other fibers did I read about? Oh, you know, the cellulose, um, like cotton and linen and hemp and, acid, or, and hemp. Um, mold and mildew are their largest problem. So... Um, you know, storing them in a cool, dry place and maybe not getting them overly, you know, overly wet. I felt like that sweater that I did, I, you know, it took so long to dry. I, I could see it, you know, if it had been cotton or something. What was the fiber? That was alpaca. I mean, it was just oh, that's, it was wet okay. forever, ever. I thought ever. you were talking about a cellulose one. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. no. But oh. you have to be careful with cellulose. Um, with right. Mold. Yeah, and I... I... I haven't had a problem with mold, even you know, even here in Texas. But again, cotton cotton can really stretch if you get it um, when you get it wet, and so you just have to be a little careful. I know I made that that vest a couple of years ago that was kind of kind of very holy, right? Kind of lace mm-hmm. work, and. Right. And that was another one that really kind of came to life with, with some blocking. But, mm-hmm. 
over time, you know, cotton is going to sort of stretch out. The good news is right. cotton will shrink up a little bit too. So you can always throw it in the dryer and shrink it up a little bit. Absolutely. Um, linen and hemp um, are actually, actually easy care and they get softer with each wash. Have you knitted with linen or hemp before? Yes. I've knit, not with hemp, but I've knitted with, with linen. Okay. I'm knitting with hemp right now. So it is, oh. um, it is very rough, you know, when you're knitting with it, but right. they but say that it, it really softens get, up. Yes. Yes. Um, and then of course, all of the, um, you know, like the acid acetate and, uh, synthetic rayon, like you said earlier, never use heat on those because yeah, don't use yeah, yeah. an iron and, might melt. Even the, the steamer might melt it. <laughs> and 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 even if you know, make sure that your um, your animal fiber doesn't have a little bit of nylon or something in it. You know, oh, I mean, right. make sure it's not a mix because that would be a real bummer. Right. To, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, melt. if you've got a <laughs> if you've got a blend of any type, you probably unless it's a very you know like. If you have ten percent of of one fiber, that's probably not a big concern. But other blends, right. you probably always want to go with a method that works for the most fragile of the of the two combinations. Yeah, yeah. right. And then uh, just as, as far as care, if something says that it is rayon or has rayon in it, it says to dry clean, even though. Uh, most people don't um, feel that dry cleaning is, is good for these types of items. If it says to dry clean on rayon, definitely do that. Um, I'm just trying to see if I have any other fibers that I looked into. Have you ever heard of Kivute? Q-I-V-I-U-T. Q, 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 I have not. Kivute. Well, whatever it is, it blooms beautifully and it doesn't fall <laughs> easily. So, you know, okay. if you can find some of that, let's, I'll let's try I'll be on the lookout. Yeah, and the, the uh, a predominantly camel blend of yarn is supposed to be just like an amazing, amazing thing. And if you throw it in, the, in a cool dryer with a towel to introduce friction, it'll create a glorious halo. Okay. So I well, was just making about, some... Yeah, think about like a camel hair jacket. Ooh, I know back in yeah. the 80s when that was like the thing, I had a beautiful yeah. camel hair blazer. Wow. Amazing. How about just some quick, um, you know, caring for woolen items? Um, you know, uh, make sure they're clean before you store them. That's right. probably the main thing because right? they they will attract moths, and if there's any food or other insects, or, yeah, not just yeah, moths, but a lot of true. other instant insects, yeah. And and most people say no mothballs. Because, no, yeah. mothballs are toxic. I'm surprised they're still. I went and looked that up today. I'm thinking, do they even still sell mothballs? And they they do. They're not made out of the same thing that our grandmother's mothballs were made out of. But apparently, they <laughs> they they're still toxic, and they yeah, still right. smell the same. So yes, like, and well, why do they a, sell this still? I don't know. Exactly, Who's buying it, it is the question. <laughs> it's almost impossible to get the smell out of those items. I think is the biggest problem. So to, you know. To, to find something else to use, you can use um, cedar blocks, uh, sachets filled with uh, rue or rosemary or mint or thyme, lavender. cloves, lavender. Um, I also found wormwood is an herb that is prized for its distinctive aroma and uh, can also keep insects away. And something called pennyroyal. Have you ever heard of pennyroyal no. oil? No, and I was reading your notes about it, but you said it's mm-hmm. also highly toxic. It's highly toxic, yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know why exactly you would want to do that. But, you know, I was Maybe looking it Maybe it's just it toxic up. to the bugs, <laughs> as long Hopefully. as we don't eat it. 
Hopefully so. That's right. And if you have animals like, you know, puppies and kitties around, maybe that's not the thing to use. Right. But, um, you know, and and you don't need to wash a sweater every single time you wear it. It actually only needs to be worn or, or washed once a season before it's put away unless it's really been, you know, right, gotten really dirty. And I would uh, say that in most cases, and I think this is true of a lot of things, but that for things that you have knit yourself, that you probably want to wash them yourself, hand wash right. them yourself, rather than dry clean them. Okay. Because dry cleaning, you know, people, number one, it's not really dry. And it is putting <laughs> chemical, chemicals mm-hmm. on your precious hand knit. And right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not a very trusting person, but I, I think I trust what I'm doing more. Right. Than, even though my husband, I don't really have a dry cleaner anymore myself, but my husband has been going to the same dry cleaner for 25 years, and we know the couple that owns it, and they do a, mm-hmm. a lovely job, and I'm sure that everything they do is great, but I think I'd just yeah. rather take care of those hand knits myself. Right, right. Some cleaners will hand wash. Um, as part of their, I think mine hand washes some things, but I think you're right about that. How about uh, never? Uh, oh, I, okay. So you go out for dinner, and it's you know it's a Mexican Mexican like me casina. <laughs> Every time I go to me casina, I swear they take bring fajitas past me, and I walk out of there smelling like a oh, big you smell fajita. Like fajitas. Yeah, yeah. You just need but to air it out. Just air it out. That's exactly right. Just air it out. It does not need to be washed. Right. And yes. But the tricky thing is you want to air it out, but you don't want to hang it up, right? No, you don't want never to hang, hang it your, up. Yeah, you don't want to hang your hand. Right. Out. How about, uh, do you uh, like Folgers in tissue? You had a great idea a few years ago, if you remember this. You had like a linen bag yes, or a, yes. yeah, a bag that you got maybe from Talbot's with a sweater in it and you thought it, it was like was, an envelope to put your sweater in. It was. These were great. These were actually from Land's End. And this, oh, okay. These, it seems like I had bought several cashmere sweaters at Land's End. This must have been back around 2005, 6, 7. And they, they don't, so I, well, I don't know, maybe I haven't bought a cashmere sweater, sweater from them for a long time. But they came in these lovely bags it was just like a nice it wasn't really linen it was probably some other more less expensive fabric right but a lovely cotton of some kind and it had this cute little pointed flap that folded over and had a Mm -hmm. button on it and so it was just a beautiful way to store your sweater and I was telling our our friend Terry who's quite the seamstress that she's amazing that you know she could just whip up some of those bags and those would be lovely gifts for those of us in her knitting group absolutely (laughs) she could sell those on Etsy and make herself a tidy little sum yes but even me who doesn't really sew much anymore I could probably sew those two (laughs) those two seams to to make little bags on linen bags so that that's just a nice thing to have I know people say you don't really want to store woolens in plastic okay but yeah I I'm probably Mm -hmm. I guess because of you know moisture issues with plastic it's not breathing and stuff right right no I can see that I can see that and kind of hearkening back to um something that we you know a, a subject that we talked about a few episodes ago if you're going to give knit something for someone else 
include a care tag and also yes. include the label so that they know what they're dealing with and how to take care of the item that you worked so hard on for yes, them. Yes, for sure. Yes. And once again, yeah. we have care tags. That's free, right. Free to our listeners. All you have to do is email us and we will be happy to send you personalized care tags. They are adorable. Made by Linda. She is amazing. And just also like depilling, like a sweater. A, there are things called like a sweater stone or a sweater brush that you can use to depill, right. de-lint, whatever, a sweater. I used to do that quite often. Um, I don't have one at the moment. So um, are we forgetting anything? Have we covered it? I think we've covered it. Yes. Okay. okay. Very, very good. So we hope everybody will go out and block. And, and <laughs> well, we have to emphasize again. Yes. Block your swatch. Absolutely. A, you know, number one, block your swatch to see how your fabric is really going to behave once it's immersed in water or water is introduced to it. So you know how your finished garment is going to behave because that's right. going to tell you a lot. But then also, you know, the color fastness, just yeah. so many things. So we want you to embrace, yeah. embrace the, the, the swatching and the blocking <laughs> That's right. I agree. Okay. What are you raving and faving about today? Let's All see. right. So my rave, I, I think I've been raving the last several episodes about my newfound love of non-superwash wool. Okay. That these days, you know, because I have been just disappointed in some superwash wool projects that I've done over the last few years and I'm becoming more educated about just how wonderful non-superwash wool is Mm -hmm. that I have yet another one that I'm going to rave about and this one really has kind of a cute story it's the Stonehenge Fiber Mill Shepherd's Wool which is a merino three-ply um, it is only $14 a skein for um, over 100 grams, which is a pretty good price. It comes in lots of great colors. It is from northern Michigan, and its claim to fame is that it was the wool used for the 2014 Olympic USA team um, sweaters made by Ralph Lauren. Oh, Wow. And there's a really, I will give you a link to this, but there's a really cute story about the, uh, the, the couple that, that owns this mill that in 2012, I guess they, they're somewhere in northern Michigan and they're, they're close to kind of a touristy town. So they get a lot of tourists that come and want a tour of the mill or, you know, or buying yarn, whatever. And the owner said that the, this woman came in and she was asking a lot of questions about the mill and they gave her a tour of the mill and she bought a skein of yarn and she mentioned that she worked for a designer in New York City <laughs> and the owner said, you know, she didn't really think much of it. And right. a, few, a few months later, she got Whoa. a call from, you know, somebody working for Ralph Lauren, you know, letting them know that they wanted to use their yarn. Wow. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but That's I, but I really, I really like this yarn. Ginger, when we went on our little field trip to McKinney Knittery a couple months ago, and I was looking for an alternative to the yarn that I had purchased to do my level two swatches because I was not happy with the yarn that I had initially selected. 
And Ginger, the shop owner there, suggested this Stonehenge Fiber Shepherd's Wool. And I gotta say, I love it. Wow, it what a recommendation. It's really, really great to work with, and it blocks beautifully. Awesome, that sounds amazing. What are you raving about? I am raving today. I've been working on my uh, verdant pattern. Oh, yes. By Gina Bonomo, I think is how you would pronounce her last name. And that is a shrug that is it's so, so cute. easy to make. Yes, you're just basically making a big rectangle and folding it over right. and sewing it together just like 15 inches on both sides. So you can, you're making little sleeves and a shrug. And I am, I, I'm using uh, hemp for that okay. because it's, you know, for the summer, it has a, a nice, um, it's, oh, what is the, um, I can't remember what the stitch is, but it, you know, it would breathe very, very well. And I'm using Lana Knits Hemp for knitting, DK Weight, um, in their, in her all hemp six um, yarn and in the color chalk. And I've just, it's really fun to work with. And, and the, the hemp is, it's really rough. It's rough is it on rough my on fingers. your hands? Yes. But okay. it, the more you work with it, though, I can tell it's going to soften up. Okay. And they say that when you wash it, it will definitely, uh, you know, soften up. So. And so the, what is the chalk color? What, is it like a beige or Well, it's white? it's almost kind of a putty color, I guess. Kind of a cement putty Okay, like a grayish. Color. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that it would go. Taupe. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because I'm getting to that age, you know, where I have the bat wings. I'm not as thrilled with my, um, oh my arms as I'd like yes, to be. Yes, I understand, unfortunately. Yeah. And if I ever really get out and about again, you know, um, you know, I have a lot of things that are short sleeve, but I don't, <laughs> you know, I, this would be nice to just put on and, and it would breathe well and not be too hot. So, yeah, I'm raving and faving about that today. Okay. How about a misbehave? Do you have a misbehave? Oh, my gosh. I could, I could, I could talk for an hour about my real misbehaves just the, just the past week, oh, no. which has been like one disaster after another. But I'm going to talk about a misbehave that has to do with blocking. Okay. That happened about, oh gosh, this is two, three years ago now. I made a really cute sweater out of uh, Magpie Fibers Swanky DK. And this yarn is beautiful. And when I first saw it at, I think I saw it, I think I was at Stitches. And I fell in love with this yarn. It was just yummy. It was really expensive, 34 bucks a skein. It is a merino, cashmere, and nylon, only 10% nylon blend. But really interesting, you know, hand-dyed, beautiful colors. I just had to have it. I made this sweater. The sweater looked great. And it's, it's, a, it's I should mention, it is a superwash. Okay. And I wet immersioned blocked it, <laughs> and it took the life out of this sweater. Really? It just, it just really took the life out. And the ribbing became just the yarn just had this buoyancy, and it was so fun to knit with, and it was so beautiful and luscious. And plump. It just was flat after that. And the, the only good thing is, is that it grew. It grew about three inches. And when I made it, I really kind of wanted it to be 
a little longer than it ended up being. So in some mm-hmm. ways I was glad that it grew, but in growing, it just sort of flattened everything out and was, was really disappointing. So that is, that's kind of when I learned that I'm probably never going to wet block another superwash yarn again. Okay. I'm going to pin it and probably spray it. And mm-hmm. yeah, because I, yeah, the swanky DK was a big disappointment. Oh, that is too bad. Yeah. Well, now, d- did you swatch first? Did you immerse that swatch before, swatch before you well, did it? Well, of course not, Anne, because then <laughs> I wouldn't have screwed up my whole damn sweater. So that's, that's I just, the lesson I'm, I'm there, sorry. kids. <laughs> I'm sorry to point that out, but yeah. <laughs> Don't do what we do. Do yeah. what we say, yeah, do right? I say. But see, I, I, learned, I learned my lesson. That's why yeah. I swatch now. Yeah, no, and that I makes block sense. My to me. swatches, yes. So, what about yeah, you? you? Okay, well, I do have a misbehave, and this is going back. I'm, I'm, I'm reaching back again for my uh, because we're talking about blocking. I just, I had never made a swatch before when we uh, did this the knit along for the sweater, and I had never blocked a, a swatch before, and so I, <laughs> I, I made my swatch and I blocked it into like a perfect rectangle, you know. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. So of course, you know, I mean, you're, you wanted, I mean, you're making a swatch with three different needles to show how, you know, it's, it's going to, oh, you know what I mean? Okay. Oh, and, I didn't know that. No, I didn't understand. Cause you had, you had mentioned that yeah. when we were talking about when we were writing notes about this episode and, yeah. and I didn't understand why, why blocking it into a triangle or rectangle was a problem, but because a lot of yeah. swatches, you you aren't changing needle size, but in this case, you right, were. this case I was yes, I okay. was changing needle size. So, so and, you totally and, lost yeah, that was, all your work. and it was yeah exactly. It was supposed to show like which one was going to be. You know, we were going to measure it in the cal and 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 make sure which needle I should right. be using. And I just remember the look on Kim's face when she, she's like, "Oh, for that." That's not what you want to do. <laughs> so people out there, you know, if you're if you're trying three different needle sizes and uh, you're trying to show, you know, which needle size is going to work best, do not block your swatch into a perfect rectangle so that all of your work is oh, that's destroyed. Funny. But, you know, yeah. that, that's how we learn. That's how we you li- all yeah. learn from our mistakes. That's what exactly. life is all about, you know. You, exactly. When you know exactly. better, you do better. That's exactly right. I agree with you. I do. How about a save? Do you have any saves today? I do have a save. Okay. This is going to be shocking to a lot of people. Okay. The save might be the dryer. Ooh. Hmm. Really? So like in the case of my Swanky DK, I have actually not tried this with the Swanky DK, and I think I, I should have done that this morning and thrown it in there. A lot of times if when you do wet immersion blocking, the life will sort of go out of the yarn and usually when it dries it plumps back up and comes back to life but if for some reason it doesn't throw it in the dryer did that work with your swanky i haven't that's why i said i haven't i should have tried with the swanky i have not tried it with the swanky i did do it recently with a once again in the master's level two there's a big swatch that we have to do that's a like a 10 by 12 inch rectangle um, of a a cable pattern Mm -hmm. and I had knit it to the perfect dimensions Mm -hmm. and then when I wet blocked it it grew to some dimensions that 
we're outside the limits of what the committee will accept. Oh, okay. no. I really hope nobody on the committee is listening to this. <laughs> and Close your ears. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to redo it anyway. Right. So I just threw it in the dryer. It Once again, it was like magic. It was magic. beautiful. That, that, that yarn yeah. kind of came back to life. And I, I, hear, I actually hear uh, Charlene of the Yarniacs talking about this a lot, mm-hmm. that she will do that with items and you know you put it in the dryer for maybe three to five minutes Mm -hmm. and it will help bring it back to life so that's a little trick and i'm gonna i should i should try it on the swanky sweater and see what happens yes do and report back yes what saved you well this is this is a potential a potential save um I, i was struggling with finding one but um i i just wanted to point out that and and kind of mention we have a brand new um knitting store in dallas called dmh right dmh my husband's initials isn't that funny (laughs) (laughs) and he doesn't own it um yes and uh i noticed just when i was looking through things that they do offer services like blocking and seaming not that any of you would ever do something like that you know i know that you all want to block and seam your your um items yourself but if um you know it's just nice to know that um some yarn shops do those services and i had never thought of that before i never would have thought of asking or looking for that actually i think that used to be a pretty common thing okay now like you i i have not inquired inquired at our local yarn shop fleece that just went out of business last week or our other two yarn shops that went out of business also in dallas in the last year Right. And I, I do not know if McKinney Knittery or West Seventh Wool, if, if any of them do provide that service. I know that the mm-hmm. shop that I went to back way back in the day when Wilma was teaching me to knit, I'm pretty sure that they mm-hmm. did offer a blocking service. Okay, yes. So so it's I, nice I just, to know that. And, yeah. and we should give a shout out to, I don't know when the store is actually opening, but DMH is actually Denise Hannigan, who is a okay. member of our guild, Dallas Guild. And this is her venture, and so we wish her well. Absolutely, in that. yes. And Support this yarn shop. Yeah. So everybody in the Dallas area, yes. um, go go check that out. Absolutely. And we'll get more information about when when that store is actually opening. Okay. I'm not. I'm that not, sounds it good. Could be that she doesn't. She didn't have a date the last time I checked, but that's possible. I didn't write it down. I'm sorry about that. Okay. So how about a crave? Um, I'll let you do your crave first. Okay. I have been craving for quite a while. A gleaner. Ah. A gleaner, <laughs> yeah. Um, I've watched them talk about it on a Spas Trico. And it is something that takes the pills and the lint and the fuzz off of a sweater. And um, I, I, you can also use it on upholstery and all sorts of fabrics. It actually has like three different uh, attachments and um, has three different detachable fabric sensitive edges and it's only about $19 so I've been wanting to get one okay and one well, of these I'm, days I'm going to order I'm it. curious as to how that goes I have I don't have the gleaner I have another little electric or battery powered one that is supposed to do the same thing it's a little bit different the thing I have it's was recommended by the rep from Shibui Knit Yarn when I was attending the Hill Country Weavers 
retreat a year ago, a little over a year ago. And she said that this was her favorite one, and it was just a, this particular brand, and it was um, on Amazon really cheap, and so I ordered it, and it doesn't really work that well for me. So I know that the, hmm. the Gleaner is very widely available at Bed Bath & Beyond and Target okay. and Amazon and stuff, and so I'm, I'm very curious as to how your Gleaner is going to work for you, because I may have to okay. invest in that myself. Okay, I will get one and report back. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. All right, so my crave is a little bit of a tease about the next episode that Ooh. Pat and I are doing all about sweaters. Wonderful. So those of you that have been listening to us from the beginning will, will rem- might remember that my very first crave was a sweater called Holy Moly. Yes. So here it is nine months later, and I still have not started Holy Moly. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why. <laughs> that I'll, Do tell. I'll talk about in the next episode. Okay. And, but more importantly, there are some reasons why I am really interested in starting Holy Moly now. Okay. And so Pat and I are going to kind of talk about kind of all these sweater dilemmas and how to decide what the next sweater is going to be and and how to determine if you're going to like love or hate the sweater before you start the project and and hopefully maybe learn from some of our mistakes that sweater dilemmas that we have learned um by making mistakes so absolutely oh I can't wait for that one oh I cannot wait to hear what you guys have to say about that well have we done it we've wrapped it up on blocking We've wrapped it up. Okay, go forth and block, everyone. Oh, that's so funny. I was going to say the exact same thing. It's like, ooh. No way. Way, way. Away. <laughs> okay. Well, until next time. Be, be brave. Thanks for listening. If you'd like more information, check out Brave Knitting at Facebook or Ravelry Group. You can also find us on Instagram at B-E-E Brave Knitting and email us at B-E-E Brave Knitting at gmail.com.